You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It is a playoff game preview edition for Chiefs Texans. Had a little bye week. It was great. It was nice to get some time off. It is now time to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs making their run to Miami. Here to help me talk about that. Find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, how are you, my friend? We are amped. We are ready to go. This is Chiefs playoff football. There is nothing we look forward more to in this household than watching Patrick Mahomes throw dimes and touchdowns in the playoffs. It is time to start stacking up those wins Eating the W's, as the famous Jameis Winston would say. We are also joined by my dear pal, Craig Stout. Find him on Twitter, at BarleyHop. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing great now that you dropped a famous Jameis ref yeah, on the, on the pod in, here. Don't invoke Jameis on this football team. What are you doing, Maddie? We get one week off and talk about the Chiefs, and all of a sudden, you're invoking Jameis Winston? <sighs> it's wonderful. Famous Jameis. Famous Jameis. That makes it better. That makes I'm everything okay. I'm excited. I'm amped. Let's let's talk Houston Texans versus Kansas City Chiefs. Kent, you are I'm speaking s- ill of the NFL's passing leader right now. <laughs> I'm stressed now. I'm very stressed. We invoked Jameis. Uh, if you like the show, feel free to subscribe. If you're listening right now, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave a st- five-star review. We try to answer five-star review questions. Uh, if, if you if you dig us, please feel free to do that. Let's go ahead and get into storylines on both sides of the ball. We go offense first, and we got three storylines on offense. I think we got to start with this. Travis Kelsey, limited participation the last two days of practice. We're recording this before the Friday practice with a knee injury. Uh, kind of surprising. Uh, just I, I, it doesn't seem like it seems like it came up out of nowhere, honestly. Because it, by all indications, it sounded like everybody was going to be a full practice. If you listen to Andy at the beginning of the week, and then this kind of thing sneaks up on you, I think Travis Kelsey is a critical piece to this team uh, if they're going to have success the next couple weeks. And if Travis Kelsey's not at full strength, I expect him to play. But they need this guy to play, Maddie. I think that we're probably just seeing a veteran player getting a little bit of time off because something maybe is a little sore. Maybe there's a little inflammation, but I mean, I don't think it's anything serious. He was a limited participant. He wasn't held out entirely. He's going to play. I think at the NFL level, and you can get when a player is as good as Travis Kelsey, he can have a huge impact on the game, even if he is not 100%. You obviously want him to be, but this is a game I think the Chiefs can get by with him playing very well instead of as an elite tight end if they absolutely have to. But I'm not even sure there's that big of a reason to panic just yet. Like I said, it's a veteran player getting a little bit of time off in practice. When it's stuff like that, it usually doesn't tip my radar too much as something to be worried about. 
Yeah, me either. I'm I'm with Maddie there. I think he's going to play. I think he's still going to be dominant. The Texans give up the 31st most yards in the or not 31st, but 31st worst yards in the league to the middle of the field. Travis Kelsey's still going to be able to eat against those safeties and those linebackers, but hey, even if he's not feeling great, guys, we got a Dion Yelder on this team. Perfect Woo! time to have him active. Let's see Dion Yelder for the second time this year. And see him go out there and light up the Texans defense. Well, the first time we saw Dion Yelder, he was averaging like 25 yards a reception. So, I mean, I don't think we could, I don't think we'd be too upset with that. I'm not super concerned about Travis Kelsey. It's a little bit uneasy to see that you get this limited participate uh, tag. Kind of, it seems kind of out of nowhere, out of the blue. But you're right. I think the Chiefs will be able to have success at that second, against that second level of the defense. And so I do think that they're going to have a hard time covering Travis Kelsey. I think he's going to be a critical piece of this. I think he's going to be the guy that helps move the chains on this offense. Um, him and Tyreek Hill are obviously guys that Pat Mahomes looks to on third and eight, third and seven. You know, those third down situations. I think Travis Kelsey's got to be a big guy that that kind of helps them move those chains this, this week. Uh, okay, so another thing we want to talk about today. The secondary pieces on this offense, you've got McCole Harden, you've got Sammy Watkins, you've got Damian Williams. These guys, I think they're I think I think one of Sammy Watkins and McCole Hardman is primed to have a big game in the next two weeks. And I'm predicting that they will be playing in the next two weeks. You know, the thing about Sammy Watkins is he had ten catches for 176 yards. Uh the uh the last playoff series that they had those those two games he went off in the AFC championship game Sammy Watkins with some time off with some rest I think you're going to get uh some 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 good performances out of him and I think he's going to have one big one McColl he's found a way to impact you know seven six seven games this year he's found a way to make a big play you saw it week 17 with the kickoff return for a touchdown it's not a volume thing for McColl it's always coming in Big plays, one big play, a 60-yard reception and a touchdown, an 83-yard reception and a touchdown. You know, that's how his impact is felt. I think you're going to get one of those from him in these next two weeks. I'm looking at these secondary pieces as somebody's got to step up and make a play for this football team outside of the guys that are going to get so much attention. I see your Sammy Watkins. I see your McCall Hardman. I raise you a Demarcus Robinson. I think Ooh. the Texans are a team. They play a fair amount of zone coverage. It's Romeo Cornell. I think everyone's kind of used to his or knows his bend, don't break philosophy. He gets those cornerbacks and safeties kind of playing in the deep quarters. They play all play a fourth field. They get deep. They try not to give up the big play. Robinson, while maybe not a great route runner, he maybe isn't a guy that's always praised as finding the open spots and zones. He's pretty good working with Patrick Mahomes. They're on the same page a lot. I think you might find some plays where he can settle down in some of those intermediate, deeper zones down the field, get over the top of linebackers that struggle a little bit in coverage, but underneath those deep defenders, and maybe pick up a few key third downs or a few big chunk plays that maybe don't go for 40 yards and a touchdown. We could see him coming out of this game with a good 50, 75 yards, maybe catching a big one on a broken play because him and Mahomes do have that connection. I just kind of get that feeling that this is a game where Robinson could really find some open space and a team that doesn't try to lock up receivers one-on-one with their defensive backs too often. Yeah, and Damian Williams is a real key candidate for this as well. I, the Texans' defense doesn't have a ton of speed, especially in their linebacking core outside of, you know, my guy, Brennan Scarlett, that I 
told you guys all about before the year started and he's been phenomenal <laughs> for them so hey yeah, i'm pat myself on the back for that one but good job da- damian williams is coming into his own apparently he shows up in a big way in december and january i'd like to see it i'd like to see him come out i feel like he can hit a couple home runs he's not gonna chisel away you know six or seven yards at a time you're gonna see a lot of one and a half two yard runs out of him but like Kent said about McColl, you know, taking those single opportunities, being able to hit those home runs, those game-changing plays, that's what Damian Williams does. I foresee him having himself a little bit of a big day on Sunday, particularly against a Romeo Cornell defense that Matt said likes to kind of back everything off. He'll have some room to work underneath. Maddie, you wanted to talk about bunch sets, uh, something that you saw from the Bills having some success last week. Yeah, the Bills aren't the most electric passing team in the league. They don't do this a ton, but they kind of went into these bunch sets with three receivers or two receivers and a tight end all next to each other off the side of their formation about five, maybe six times against the Texans. And every single time, there was an open receiver to be found. Most of the time, they were able to find them. They did miss on a couple of them. But what you got to see is the Texans, when facing these bunch sets, went into a lot of man coverage or even when they were in the zone coverage later in the game protecting a lead, their communication in the secondary isn't always good. These guys get mixed up a little bit on the releases. When you get these bunch sets, you have a lot of guys that are crossing each other's paths. Your secondary has to be on the same page. We're Chiefs fans. We all know the two-point conversion from the Chargers at the end of the 2018 (laughs) game. We all know what that looks like. That happened multiple times from just the Bills against the Texans. I'm sure the Texans will try to shore it up, But when you face a more electric team like the Chiefs and there's more threats out there than whatever the Bills are running around out there, it puts a lot of pressure on you to get these things done right off the bat or you have Tyreek Hill running free, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, any of these guys running free. That's a lot of weapons. You put them in these bunch sets, make the secondary communicate with each other, second guess what they're doing. It just helps your guys get that extra step of separation before they make their breaks. And uh, Patrick Mahomes isn't going to miss those guys like Josh Allen is or throw it 20 yards over their heads or throw to a fullback in double coverage. That's just not going to happen. Tyreek Hill gets his feet down on the corner route, John Brown. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So it's uh, the Chiefs offense is going to have a lot more success than we saw the Bills offense had. I know that team, you know, if you look at that game, you can see that there were uh, there were some situations where Houston kind of forced things out of the Bills. That's more an indicator of the Bills offense than it is the Chiefs or than the Houston Texans defense. I expect the Chiefs offense to be able to dial up a lot of stuff like Matt said, work out of the bunch a little bit more, create confusion on the back end, and then get guys like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins with the ball in their hands. We know what happens when that happens. So get it to them, get them in space, see the fireworks happen. Something to consider when it comes to some of those communications issues is, and these two guys weren't on the team the last time that the Chiefs played the Texans, but Gary and Conley was traded for and Vernon Hargraves was claimed uh, shortly before the trade deadline. So these two guys got kind of thrown into the mix here for the Texans, getting some secondary help. There's been some coverage bust issues. They've they've had some communication troubles. That might be part of it. And hopefully that continues this week because I think there's some guys that can capitalize on some of these mistakes like they've been like the Chiefs have been able to in the past. Okay, players to watch. Craig, start us off. 
I'm starting with Eric or with JJ Watt's dad, Eric Fisher. Oh, Eric Fisher. <laughs> the moment that he endured, you know, kind of made himself a Kansas City Chief happened against JJ Watt. Happened yeah, in the Chiefs' first playoff win in 30 years. He sunned JJ Watt in that game. Listen, they faced JJ Watt a lot. It, over, you know, Eric Fisher's tenure here. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif talked about how, yeah, we know what's coming. Like, we've seen him, like, basically every year for the past four years. We know what's coming. Eric knows what's coming. Eric Fisher struggles with power, struggles with guys like J.J. Watt, but for some reason, he just gets up for this game. He always gets up for J.J. Watt. I want to see the fired up version of Eric Fisher, not new fish, fired up fish, <laughs> going out there and putting on a show and stopping J.J. Watt. We talked about just about every receiving option for this team, and somehow I haven't really talked about Tyree Kill too much. So I feel like this is a, probably a good time to slot him in there. And I think something you're going to see the Chiefs, and this kind of combines Tyree Kill with the bunch sets, you're going to get a lot of Y-ISO looks. The Chiefs have been doing it a lot more. They're going to get Travis Kelsey split out by himself. The Texans will get a cornerback usually on him. You can put Tyree Kill in that bunch set with Sammy Watkins and whoever else you want. That's just a lot of speed you have to deal with. I think the Chiefs and Andy Reid are going to have a lot of plays dialed up for Tyree Kill not only to test the Texans deep, but maybe you see a little bit more behind the line of scrimmage stuff out of him. Maybe you see them get the ball into his hands in space on slants or shallow drag routes a little bit more often than we have earlier in this year. You put him in these situations getting lost out of these bunch sets, there's going to be some space for him to work. And I think this is a game where Tyreek Hill really could have another big game here. If someone's going to capitalize on coverage busts, it's going to be McCole Hardman. You've seen it happen before. He's been able to get free down the field because of some of the stuff that they've done vertically, and he's kind of been able to run, uh, you know, up the seam and, and find some explosive plays. I think about, uh, I think about the Baltimore Ravens game, the last time that they played. He was able to kind of streak down the field uncovered pretty much. So I think McCole Hardman, I think this is the guy that has a big game this week. I think he makes one big explosive play on a vertical shot. Uh, and it might be because of a coverage bust because of what we've talked about. We're going to take a break and we will be back right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, we're moving on to the defensive side of the football here. We've got three storylines. Craig, you wanted to talk about cornerbacks with the same level of safety help. Please explain what you mean. I mean, this Chiefs cornerback crew is not going to be protected in the same way that they have been in the previous four, five, six matchups. And it's not just because the quarterbacks that they're playing weren't particularly good at pushing the ball down the field, weren't particularly good at exploiting the the cornerbacks. It's because they don't have Juan Thornhill back there. They might not have Dan Sorensen aligned deep, too. It's going to be Kendall Fuller and Armani Watts, guys that aren't 
necessarily comfortable playing with each other yet. It just takes time on the field. That's not an indicator of any preparation or anything like that. It just takes live game reps to do that. So the cornerbacks are really going to have to shoulder a lot more of the load against DeAndre Hopkins, against Will Fuller, against Kenny Stills. Those guys are going to have to step their game way, way up because they're not going to get the timely help. They're not going to get necessarily the correct communication on the back end with so many new pieces back there. It's going to require Charvarius Ward, Bashad Breland, Morris Claiborne, even maybe Rashad Fenton there if they decide to use him a little more in the slot with Fuller Deep. It's going to require those guys to just play above and beyond what we've seen them do this year. They've gotten the most. They've maximized those guys' potential, but they got to clean everything up because these are the types of weapons and this is the type of quarterback that can make them absolutely pay if they make a mistake. This is something that we've talked about kind of all season, and I know some people don't like to hear it because on the surface, the Chiefs' cornerbacks have played very well. Charvarius Ward, Bashad Breland, they've played well on the outside, and I think they've played better than just about anybody thought coming into the season. I'm not taking that away from them, but they have been playing in a situation that's been very friendly to them. We, the Chiefs don't ask them to shadow guys across all over the field and play from different sides of the field. They usually don't ask them to cover the whole field against their matchups against these wide receivers. They get a lot of help, not only over the top, but also inside or underneath, or they're only asked to play underneath rather than everywhere. They get a lot of help through the system. When you take out somebody like Juan Thornhill, that's not only proven to know the system, be a playmaker and somebody that your offenses have to look for and find him. You now put in new guys that don't have his same ability or knowledge of the system. That help level decreases a ton, or you have to adjust the scheme, the system. You either put two safeties back deep to help these cornerbacks, or you ask them to do a lot more than they have all year long. The last time we kind of saw these corners have to put up so much on their own, might have been the Texans game that we saw last time in which there was a lot of drop passes down the field. Hopefully we don't see a repeat because these corners might be on an island a little bit more than they have been recently. The thing is, I think Juan Thornhill had earned some respect from teams, from opposing teams. They weren't challenging him to the same level. I think these, I think the safeties are going to get challenged. And I think the corners are going to get challenged too. The last time these two teams matched up, Will Fuller dropped three touchdowns. One on Bashad Breeland two on uh at safeties i believe i think both i think one of them for sure i believe was tyrant so i, I mean i think this group's gonna get challenged i think regardless of however they you know align and what kind of help they give the corners or whatever i think that secondary is getting challenged and i, I think that's smart they're gonna try to generate some explosive plays so they need to be ready uh, and the Chiefs might have to play uh, play with a, a lighter box in the run game, Maddie. And if that's the case, I think this is a game that you can get away with it. I know Carlos Hyde had a very good year for the Texans, but their offensive line isn't physically imposing. They have some good athletes, but they're not the most athletic bunch either. Carlos Hyde, essentially, <laughs> you stop him by making him have to not just cut once and go. If you can make him cut twice, if you can make him hesitate when he has to finally pick his hole it really hinders his running style it's part of the reason he didn't work as well with the chiefs they asked the running backs to stay square to the hole a lot more be patient wait for things to appear as they run so many rpos texans do let him just make one cut and go a little bit if your defensive line can close most of the gaps force him to make hard cutbacks on the back side of the runs 
or just make him pick a second gap once he starts going. Just hesitate a little bit. It does take him a second to get going. You can definitely stop him with a lighter box. And like I said, the Texans offensive line isn't anything to be afraid of. The only concern is the Texans two tight end sets. They kind of got the Chiefs with it a little bit in the first matchup, Mm -hmm. especially when they were debating between pass run. But the Chiefs are playing a lot better now. I think you have to go with the lighter box to handle those two tight end sets in the passing game anyway. Absolutely the case, and especially since the real threat there is not necessarily getting nickeled and dimed by Carlos Hyde because the defensive front is going to be better. It just is. Mike Pinnell, Terrell Suggs, and a healthier Frank Clark are going to be better than Colin Saunders in his first real major action, and he admitted that in his presser. That's not a shot at Colin. He said, listen, I've grown a lot since then, but that was my first real major action. It's a situation where the personnel is better. Anthony Hitchens is going to be aligning them better. You didn't really see a lot of adjustments made by Ben Neiman in that first matchup. You didn't see him moving guys around on the front. Anthony Hitchens is going to put these guys in the right spots, get them with the right leverage to be able to stop the run. I think they can do it against a light box if the Chiefs want to play too high all game long. And I think they're going to need to because Steve Spagnuolo, I don't think, is that worried about stopping the run this week. He wants to limit explosive plays through the air and try and force the Texans into having a pass so he can just tee off with his pass rushers. I think I said this earlier in the week. I'm not sure if I did, but I think one of the things to help mitigate some of the run game is just the Chiefs' offense needs to just light up the scoreboard. Just, you know, the run game, you can mitigate it a little bit by going out there and just being explosive on offense and get him into a more pass-heavy script. That could help a lot of things. Just go score points. That'd be fun anyway. Uh, Craig, Chris Jones did not get to play in the last matchup. He's getting to eat this week, isn't he? Oh, he's going to eat so much. It's going to be silly. I know that Chris Jones popped (laughs) up on the injury report on Thursday with a calf injury. We'll see exactly how serious that is. We just don't know at this point. I'm operating under the understanding that Chris Jones is going to be able to play and he's going to be effective, that this is just, you know, something that they're resting. They're taking it easy on and making sure that he can play. If Chris Jones gets to go, if Chris Jones is full, I expect a multi-sack performance out of him. I just think that he's going to be able to take it to Max Sharping. He's going to be able to take it to Rodney, or not Rodney Hudson, uh, Zach Fulton. He's going to be able to the beat, other former chief. The other former chief. Yeah, they're going to. He's going to be able to beat up their guards really, really, really well. And I think that the Chiefs have the types of defensive ends to keep Deshaun Watson in the pocket a little bit longer. We know when he's in the pocket, he gets through his first read and he holds onto the ball. And he just sits and he waits. Chris Jones is going to be able to do a lot against that interior offensive line. I expect him to eat in the passing game. I expect him to eat in the run game as well. I think that's part of the reason why Carlos Hyde is going to struggle in the run game as well. I think that he is potentially one of the biggest performers this weekend. Chris Jones should have a big impact there in the interior. I think you saw the Bills had plenty of success getting pressure up the middle on Deshaun Watson and you just have to worry about containing him a little bit. But Chris Jones should be a nightmare matchup for Fulton. We've seen Fulton here. I like him as a player. He does not have the foot speed or the capabilities to keep up with Chris Jones' lateral agility, some of his speed moves. There's no chance. And the best part is once Chris Jones starts clicking, the help cannot get out to Frank Clark, cannot get out to Terrell Suggs as much. 
And I do understand the Texans traded for left tackle, Laramie Tunsil. He's pretty good. I still think he's a step down from top tier offensive tackles. He's in the Eric Fisher range for me as an offensive tackle. I think Freight Clark can do work on him. I think Laramie Tunsil will have plenty of false starts because that is just his game, apparently. Other side of the field, Titus Howard. You get one-on-one matchups for our defense. Nope, 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 nope. Titus is out. Titus is on IR. Even better, you get these guys matched up one-on-one with these tackles, and Chris Jones is just handling things in the middle. I think Chris Jones' success sets up the defensive ends for a lot more success if you don't let the help get out there to them. Yeah, by the way, Arrowhead, be loud because Laramie Tunsil is going to fall start at home. He's going, he is really, really bad about it. He's going to jump multiple times this weekend. It's going to be awesome. I'm here for it. Players to watch, Craig. I think the biggest question mark of the entire week and everything that we're going to be talking about, everything that we've been talking about for the past two weeks, is Kendall Fuller going to be able to do this? I think Kendall Fuller, if he plays well, can give all of us, yeah, I, we were just talking about it before we recorded, all of us a little bit of that added comfort knowing that they can play single high a little bit more. If Kendall Fuller looks good, now I don't expect him to play single high because I think that they're just going to try and keep a lid on both Hopkins and Fuller, but if he gets some reps, if he looks good there, and they think that they can trust him going forward in these playoffs, I think that he could be the low-key MVP of this defense in the playoff just with his ability to step in and try and replicate what they've done with Juan Thornhill, try and keep everything on the back end a little bit cleaner. I think that he's got the range to do it of the guys that are left there that they're really willing to play back there. So I'm really looking hard at his performance this week. I'm glad Craig went with Fuller here because I want to talk about Tyron Matthew and it seems like the easy way out, but I got a couple reasons for it. One, I think he's going to continue to cement the fact that he should be, if he's not, but should have been included in the defensive player of the year candidacy, talking about it all year. He's had a phenomenal end of the season. He is the guy on defense. I think you have to watch if you're just talking about the chief's best player. It's no longer Frank Clark. It's no longer Chris Jones. Tyron Matthew, I think, means the most to this Chiefs defensive performance right now. But the big thing that I'm looking for this game is, does he get to play his same position? Does he get to stay in the slot? Does he get to stay near the line of scrimmage? Does he get to hunt the ball, make all those Tyron Matthew plays? Or is he relegated to a deep half-field defender? The Chiefs tried that early in the year against the Texans. Tyron Matthew did not Mm. have a great game. That's not his forte, just playing in a deep half, playing single high. That's not where he's at his best. Not that he's bad. It's just not where he's at his best. If they have to push him to the back end and stay over the top of Fuller, stay over the top of Hopkins, I think they'll be misusing him a little bit if they have to go that route. So I'm just interested to see if they can keep him in the slot near the line of scrimmage and let him make plays. If so, I feel really good about this game and next week when they have to play the Ravens. Yeah, you don't want to make uh, two positions worse, for sure. Uh, My guy, I'm going with T. Sizzle. Terrell sucks. I think he's going to make an impact on this football game. I think he's going to get a sack uh, for some of the reasons that these guys talked about earlier. I think Chris Jones is going to command some attention. And if that does, it's going to soften some things up. 
for for a guy like Terrell Suggs. I think he's going to be a valuable piece for this football team in their stretch run. This is a two-game. This is just a, a two-week season right now for me, I think. You win this one, obviously. I, I feel good about this one. They've just got to get to that next bye week. Just get to that next bye week. These two weeks. Terrell Suggs, I think, is going to make an impact these next two weeks. All right, guys. Time for predictions. What we going with, Craig? I'm going with the Chiefs, and we're covering the spread. I think that the Chiefs offense is going to be able to score at will. I just don't think that the Texans defense has the personnel to match up. I think that the Chiefs can exploit all their coverage, you know, communication, mishaps. I think that they can get the ball going on the ground a little bit. And then on the opposite side, I think the Chiefs defense can come up with enough stops early. Not a ton, but enough stops early to make this a more one-dimensional game and allow the pass rush to come into it a little more. I know that Deshaun Watson is good and he can keep up in a shootout. I just think that the pass rush is going to have too much of an effect on him and they won't be able to put the points on the board. I got Chiefs 38, Texans 20. Andy Reid coming out of the bye week. Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs are putting up points. The Chiefs are going to score on this Texas defense. There's no doubt about it. On the flip side, Deshaun Watson, I think it's about time we have the talk of with Deshaun Watson that we waited five years too long to have about Aaron Rodgers. He's a fine quarterback that makes elite or spectacular plays. He's not an elite or spectacular quarterback. He is a fine quarterback that has very up and down wow. games that makes enough spectacular plays <laughs> that catch your highlight reels and make people think he's a lot better than his overall performance throughout an entire game. You put that against this East Spagnola defense, Andy Reid off the bye week, Patrick Mahomes as motivated as he is, the game isn't as close as the score looks. Chiefs 34, Texans 24, Yolo Ball City down the stretch, similar to the Chiefs, Texans the first time they got to see Watson to make it look close. I have like a lot of questions about that Aaron Rodgers analogy that we'll just wait until after the show. <laughs> but we're going to talk about that. I am picking a Chiefs victory I am picking an explosive performance from the offense. I think the Andy Reid after the bye thing, I think this team is pretty healthy on the offensive side of the football. They didn't have to play last week. All of that stuff. I think it's I think it's I think I think the Chiefs have been holding some stuff back. I think we've had some B minus scripts recently. I think they've got some stuff cooking. I think they'll have plenty to throw at Houston, and I think they're going to have plenty to throw at Baltimore next week, and they'll have plenty to throw at whoever they play in the Super Bowl. The run starts now. Go to Arrowhead expecting good things to happen. The best thing that could have happened to this franchise, Patrick LeVon Mahomes, has already happened. He's taken you to a Super Bowl this year. Believe it. Expect it. 42-20, Kansas City Chiefs. We'll be back on Monday to talk about this Chiefs victory. Catch you later. I can't wait to hear Kent top that outro a week from now. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot. 
because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.